Hello Talbot Village, this is the Talbot Village podcast. Today I am ho- I'm joined, I should say, by Chris Burton from Burton Financial Group. Th- Chris, th- thanks for joining myself. Yeah, thanks for having me. I feel like I'm a long-time listener, first-time caller kind of idea. <laughs> I've listened to all your other podcasts. I, I learned that there's, no, that there's a difference between cement and concrete and why to floss and how to dance. And Don't everything. bite your dentist. Yeah, yeah, yeah that one yeah. came up a few times. Yeah, no, you guys have had some great episodes for sure. Yeah, unfortunately, Jawad couldn't make it today. Um, only he had a, uh, you know, as, as business individuals, things come up last minute. He had to go help a client with something very important like buying a house. So here we are. Um, so Chris, uh, we'll do a quick, quick breakdown. What is, or who is, I should say, who is Chris Burton Financial Group? So Burton Financial Group, we're kind of a, a one-stop shop financial services. So um, we've got individuals that are licensed in all areas from, um, we've got an accountant on staff, a CPA, CGA that does both uh, corporate and personal income taxes. Um, we do all different things on the insurance, the home and auto insurance, life insurance, um, all the different investment planning stuff. So RESPs for kids, tax-free savings accounts, pensions, that kind of thing. And then also the mortgage services as well. So it's really kind of a, puts a fence around our clients for pretty much all things financial. So I should have asked you maybe a shorter list. What don't you offer at Chris Burton Financial Group? Uh, yeah. Well, we don't we don't have day to day banking kind of services that type of thing. Right. Um, but really, the reason why we have this business, like our market, almost is the Talbot Village kind of thing. Like it is traditionally the family market, right? That the clients can go deal with the bank if they'd like. But with us, it's about building a relationship. So, you know, when you're going to the bank to talk about, say, your investments or, your, you know, your mortgages, you can go in there and six months from now, it's a different person. Right. So with us, you know, it's I always joke, this is kind of like our first date at our first meeting, right? We just start having our, we, we start dating and then eventually we'll get married and go on with our relationship. We'll have some ups and downs along the way, but We'll probably stick together for most of it. Sure, and then we got kids, and then we're really into it. That's right. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. That's right. Yeah, I love it. So, I mean, obviously, you and I both do. We, we, we both do mortgages. We were just chatting. You know, it's a lot going on in that respect. But right. I guess for you, it's not just the mortgages; it's the investments as well. People are panicking right now, right? Like Joanne and I talked about it a couple of episodes ago. The the real estate and and, and mortgage industry. It's just a wild time because everybody wants an answer. Everybody wants to know, what do I do now? How do I fix this? Do I pull? Do I sell? Do I buy? And the problem is, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the problem is nobody has historical data in this particular instance to necessarily rely on with accuracy. For sure. Best educated guess is as best. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I I heard on one of your podcasts before when you were talking about, say, interest rates and industry experts. I mean, you can listen to six different experts and get four different opinions on what's going to happen in the market. And really, when I tell my clients, it only matters if you're buying or selling as far as what the market's doing, right? Because if you do proper planning, and again, always see an expert, which is kind of the you know, the stick of your whole podcast is always see experts is that you're in the right plan, right? So when I look at financial planning with clients, I look at three different buckets. So short-term planning, what do you want to do with your money in the next one to three years? Midterm, what do you want to do in the next three to six? And then long-term is seven plus. And long-term is not always retirement. When you've got young kids, it could be planning for university, college and that kind of thing. But if your money's in the right bucket, 
then you know market fluctuation isn't going to matter to you as much right so if you've got a bunch of money with me from pensions and rsps and you're panicking about the market but you're 35 40 years old and you're still 15 20 years from retirement it's, it shouldn't really be an issue 100 percent, you should be concerned and worried about it but we've been at our office anyway and most i think good financial advisors are probably in front of that you know sending out newsletters we're doing calls right now and meetings to meet with our clients just to say how are you feeling and here's what's happening mm -hmm. but in most cases you don't make any irrational changes you don't i always use the analogy you don't go chase the winning horse right right so just kind of stick to your plan but talk to your advisor or your expert that you work with and you know sometimes that's our job talking off the ledge just to make you feel good about you know i'll get those emails and you know, what should we do? Or, you know, the market, should we cash out? And there, there's tons of stats about if you try and move that money to more secure time and you're trying to now time the market for that right time, that if, if you've missed the six best days of the market on that rebound, that could take you up to nine, 10 years to actually recover oh, wow. that, Interesting. that. Yeah. So really just stick to your plan and, you know, we'll have those conversations. And at the end, the client says, yeah, you're right. That's good. I'm glad we had this conversation. So I think, like I said, in, in our office, anyway, we've, we've been trying to be in front of it just to, and, you know, not hide. We know the markets are down. Yeah. I'm looking at it every day. I wake up in the morning, BNN's the first thing on. And, it, you know, I watch the markets through the day and you could be looking at when they open up at 930 and it's up and down all through the day until whatever, you know, four o'clock is at the, you know, so what it is at noon isn't necessarily what it's going to be at, you know, four right, o'clock. Right, right. And the people that are, that obviously, like, I mean, the, the, the professionals, those that are in it for a living, they're looking at the numbers all the time. The clients are looking at the numbers all the time. Those are the ones that are panicking, I find, most. And the media, right? So, like, we obviously don't get paid off of... We might send blogs and emails. I don't get paid off of clicks. The media does. Right. So, interest rates have gone up a quarter percent, say, and it's panic. Panic. Can you afford your mortgage? Can you afford your bills? Are you okay? Right? Because that's how they get paid. We all understand that fact of the matter is, is when you actually look at a quarter, a quarter point increase per $100,000 of mortgage money, it's around, it's just shy of $13 a month. It's, it's usually actually not that bad. Right. And so as professionals, our job is to educate, calm people down and do our best. Um, you talk, you talk about kids. So that's actually how, so Chris and I met, I believe informally through Dad Club of London. Correct. Yeah. And you were also a board member Correct. on Dad Club of London. Correct. Um, as much as we, so we want to talk about you and your business, but I think Dakel One's a really cool thing to maybe bring up as well. So I want to give a quick, uh, quick spiel on what Dad Club of London is all about. For sure. So Dad Club has just shy of fifteen hundred members, say in the London surrounding area. It's a nonprofit, registered nonprofit. We've got a board of directors, as you said. I'm the current vice president of that board. Um, and in, in just shy of probably about five years, we've raised somewhere around $200,000 roughly to help support the community in different areas. For example, a couple of years ago, we had a big initiative putting in um, ADs in all the Thames yep. Valley grade Absolutely. schools. Some of that rolled over the high schools. We've done pop-up soup kitchens for um, the less fortunate, gave them socks and mitts out. And, you know, it, the, the, the mandate really is just trying to make dads better for their kids, right? Absolutely. Whether it's, you know, we've got single dads in there. Myself is more of a, a senior father with seven kids and five grandkids. So, you know, I'm, I, they call me CB7 there, I guess, <laughs> is my handle. But, 
you know, it's we do park meetups for the kids to get together and play. We'll do dad social events for dads doing beers or dad coffee nights just so you can get together and talk with other dads kind Absolutely. of thing. So it's really a great, um, you know, if it's something you're interested in and you're listening out there, you just check out the Facebook page for Dad Club London. You could sign up through there. And uh, we're, we're back full swing now with uh, there's tons of activities and, and lunches and meetups coming up over the next uh, month or so. Yeah. Yeah. So like I said, you and I, we, uh, I think somehow we stumbled upon each other and I've been involved, um, a heck of a lot less than yourself. Um, kudos to you guys, because these are volunteer dads helping dads, right? I, I loved the group because it's exactly that. It's just a bunch of dads saying, Hey guys, I don't actually know what I'm doing. Right. So similar to how we work as, I guess, professionals, you know, you've got a bunch of quote unquote professional dads and you know, you fit in that criteria myself. I've got two young kids. You're kind of on, we're, we're in opposite swings in that respect. Cause your kids are all almost they're No, they're uh, high school and up. No. Well, the youngest is nine. Okay. Uh, yeah. Right. yeah. Nine, 12, 13, 15, 22, 28, okay. 30, somewhere in okay. there. There you go. <laughs> Roughly. Don't ask me all their names. Or <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, so it's exactly that, right? So it's dads that have that experience helping calm down the dads that don't. And I guess we do we do a lot of that in our, in our profession as well. Um, the life insurance piece that you had mentioned, so it's something that I, I always have a hard time talking about with my own clients. It's, um, it's really hard to look at a client who's 26 years old, say, buying the place for the first time, no kids, no dependents, and say, you know what, life insurance is, is super important. And my pitch, so I, I'm not insured, in, or sorry, I'm not licensed to sell life. I don't have any intentions on, on dabbling. But for me, it's super, super important, especially when you're younger, you don't have any pre-existing conditions. You don't have any major life events. Nothing is potentially increasing your premiums, right? So your risk level should be low. Right. That's the time to get insurance. Right, right. You, you know, I, I always say to my clients that and I try and, first premise it by saying this isn't a sales pitch but insurance is never better than buying it today right because you've got your age like you said and for the younger person it really you know it is it's hard to see down the road saying you know what well who cares if i die i don't really care about the mortgage or where that goes i don't have kids whatever that's today right the biggest thing is what you're insuring is your insurability right you know we all know people as you get older or even in your young 20s who's had you know knock on wood you, you don't get but a cancer or heart disease Absolutely. stroke all of a sudden you're diagnosed with diabetes so you're guaranteeing your assurability now and when you're young it's really 42 43 years old of age when life insurance rates really start to increase and right. and and move quickly from there so under that point so in your 20s it is like relatively the price is just I don't know why you wouldn't do it, right? You're having a Tim Hortons cappuccino. It's probably cheaper <laughs> than buying one of those a day kind of thing, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and the beers weren't quite right. Well, well that's it, yeah. <laughs> so it's really, you know, it's just protecting the future you. And you don't know that, you know, you could meet with that young person and say, do, do you plan on maybe having a family down the road right. or, or whatever? And I know it's hard to maybe look in that crystal ball or whatever, but again when you're in your young 20s and it's literally 20 30 bucks a month you know that less than a buck a day to have that coverage and that peace of mind for the future and protecting you know a future family the future you you know it's it, you just made the biggest investment of your life i mean what, what did you say the average sale price in london is now and oh, we've come down i think we're still shoot what was it, like six 
680. So you're still spending well over half a million dollars Absolutely. on your biggest asset, right? And you can't put out 20 bucks or 30. But yeah, you can go out and get that beer or whatever it is. Or, yeah, a few. few right? yeah. You know, and life insurance is also the, fi- the thing I find that when things get tough in your in financially or in, in your, your family, that that's one of the first things a lot of people cut out. Right, you you'll keep your expensive Rogers cable or whatever yeah. your you know expensive other plans, but you think, oh, I can save forty bucks by canceling my insurance. When now you're going through high stress levels, which then obviously causes more or could cause more medical issues and things down the road. And so insurance to me, it's it's important. It doesn't matter at what age you are or um, what your your situation is. You're, it's almost being, this sounds horrible, but to throw out to the listeners, but it's almost being selfish to not have the insurance and protect your family. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, like I mean, it, it, it hits home for, for myself and my family a little bit differently as well. So um, we covered both of our, our kids um, when they were, geez, like six months or less. They're, they're yeah. you know, fresh babies, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't necessarily because of what happened to my brother, because this would have been before, but my brother, he had a young, young daughter, and by the time she she reached the age of like three and a half, four, um, she had two two uh, two different types of leukemia, yeah. and she's battled through it. She's she's been you know she's an absolute champ. She rang the bell and spent a hell of a time, and he had no coverage. Right. And of course, because you're talking about a young a new young family, new young dad, did, doesn't think to say I've got a young kid who's for all intents and purposes as healthy as they'll be, right? right? I don't need to think about life insurance right now. So here's what I call it. I've got a great poll. I have it for all like seven of my kids. I recommend to anyone who has kids. You can actually buy insurance for most children after 14 days old. Mm-hmm. Key to buy it early because of what you just said. There's at least three different kinds of childhood, whether it be Rett syndrome, uh, childhood cancer. Um, you know, uh, there's a few. So I call it, I want my mommy insurance because if your child gets sick, the policy that I offer is um, through Desjardins and it's a 20 year pay policy that's paid in full in 20 years. At the end of 20 years, if your child stays happy and healthy, which we all hope they do, you can cancel and get full return of premium. Right. So you don't lose any money on it in the long run. You didn't get any growth on the money, but you had that protection there for your child. The reason why I call it the I want my mommy policy is because if your child ever does get sick, even if you've got great benefits at work where you work, it doesn't cover you if your spouse goes off for exactly. sick or your child goes off. Exactly. So you want to be there to take care of your child, right? So it's a critical illness combination with critical illness or life insurance, which you hope, again, that either neither one of those things happen. But the benefit knowing that in 20 years that I can help, you know, again, my, my child stays happy, healthy. I can cash it out, get all my money back. I can help supplement their, their education if we had RESPs or sure. not. Or, call or, it a, or call, it, college funds. It's a down payment on their wedding or you're helping them buy, sure. you know, a house or giving them that mm-hmm. or whatever it is. So it's a forced savings plan with the peace of mind that your child's protected. And again, it's just what I said earlier and the reason, you know, with the unfortunate happening your brother, at that early 14 days to that 30 days, you're protecting their um, insurability down the road, Absolutely. right? Now, you don't have to cash that policy out in 20 years. You can leave it paid in full. And now for the rest of your life, maybe as a wedding present, you say, hey, here's a policy that I bought for you that has critical illness or life insurance in it. Now for the rest of your life, you're protected. So let's say for argument's sake, um, I cover my well, my child. He's, you know, health, healthy, uh, healthy kid, no issues, no reason to believe otherwise. 10 years old, he has some sort of condition. Um, that policy can't change. That's right. 
can it change? So it, it's good. I think it's is it until they're like twenty. No, or, this one's good for the rest of their life. But I mean, like, yeah. it, so it. I think you can you pick you pick the date that it matures on on for the, the cycle of the payments, right? It's like whether they're eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Well, th- this pay. particular policy is actually so it's based on their age today, and it's a twenty-year pay, meaning you pay those premiums for twenty years, gotcha. and then it's paid in full. Okay. So let's say it's paid out for 20 years, yeah. um, assuming no change is made to that policy, they remain covered without any change. Exactly, yeah. Okay, it, yeah, so that's that's all the more reason for, you know, reach out because, you know, again, even if it's just to have the conversation, it's, it's exactly why Chris and I are here uh, among uh, all the other professionals and, and business owners in, in, in Talbot Village. A lot of times you'll find that, you know, the right professional isn't a sales individual it's here's the information and that's how i pitch all of my clients here's the information here's your options how would you like to proceed for sure because i find too too often times it's here's what here's what you should do and here's how you should do it and you have a lot of people saying well the guy told me i should do it this way they say well did you consider other options because you actually had a better option and he was pushing it for who other knows reason right i think it's huge to have you know i try and give them all the information i mean i i've been doing it this is going on as of november this next year my 30th year starting in financial services and really my job i think is to give the information so i'll, I'll lay it all out so you know what all the options are and then i you know i i have no expectation of you to buy today or make a decision today. in fact i don't really want you to do that like Absolutely. go home and but i don't want you to be able to go to a party on a weekend and someone say oh well he told you term insurance. What about whole life or what does, how does right, this work yeah. or whatever? And then you come back. So my job is to kind of give you all the information and then you do some, none or all. Because before you saw me, you were paying zero a month. Yes. <laughs> now, now when you leave my office, you're going to be paying something a month. So I'm asking you to make a commitment to something. So I need you to make sure that you have all the facts. And one other thing I actually wanted to throw out there about the kids' policies as well as RESPs, which we offer as well, a kind of a tip that I give all parents is make the due date the 20th of the month. Let okay. your let your child tax credit pay for it. Let the government I pay like it. Yeah, let them the government pay for your your child's insurance, your child's education savings plan, right? You're getting in that money coming in from the government every month anyway. Why don't you let them pay for your sure. policies for your your kids? Absolutely. Put your taxpayers dollars to to good use, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I think we'll do uh, we'll do the hot seat question. Right. This is where Joao's favorite part. He loves he loves grilling. Uh, I was really looking forward to meeting him. And, yeah. Oh, Joao! For anybody um, that's that that does listen to these, we actually our our numbers have been increasing. So we actually we're quite thankful. Um, we're hoping to keep pushing these out. Um, we've got one or two more individuals lined up for the near future, but we want more of you. Again, business professionals, industry knowledge, whatever the case is, if you have something that you think you can share with the with the, the village that can provide some information or even just to get to know you, uh, please reach out. We'd love to have you. Um, but yeah, so so Jawad's an absolute uh, beauty of an individual. Great guy. Uh, newer to London. I want to say he's been here now a year and a half or so from, from Toronto. And Jawad... Him and I are, are businesses aligned, and he calls me the one day. I was blown away by this because it's the first time it's ever happened to me. He calls me. We have a half an hour chat. Normally when a realtor calls me, because we get calls from realtors all the time looking for business, and it's, hi, I'm Jawad. I sell houses. Send me clients. And that's the two-minute conversation usually, right? right, right. So Jawad, no, he had some good, you know, genuine questions and got to know some stuff, asked me some questions. He threw me off guard because I actually had to stop and think to actually talk to him because it wasn't your cliché conversation right so we shot the shit for a half an hour or so and uh i was like hey you know it's a good guy i'm gonna i'm gonna meet this guy to, to see what he's all about 
And uh, a week or two later, doesn't he show up in my house? Because I believe it was either my son or my daughter had a birthday. Something happened. I don't recall. But he showed up with gifts at my door. Wow. And he said, hey, these are for your kids because you mentioned so-and-so. And I said, holy shit. Like, never never happened in my life. Shows up unannounced just with gifts for my kids. I said, well, this guy's going to earn, earn my business and my trust. Sure. Um, so great, great guy. Um, we'll, That's fantastic. We'll certainly uh, we'll have you on another time maybe because I'm sure there's a ton we can talk <laughs> about. So you'll get to meet him. Um, but we'll throw you on the spot. Um, right. Joao always loves to know uh, favorite movies right off the top. Um, I'd have to say, well, there'd be two, Officer and a Gentleman and Top Gun. Officer and a Gentleman. Yeah, Officer and Gentleman. I'm also a retired military officer myself. I didn't know that. Yeah, actually. yeah. And you're actually, you know what, we're, gonna, we're going all over the place. <laughs> I just saw you. Uh, Let's just talk band. about us. <laughs> yeah, you, you had a, uh, you guys just played, was it, did you place so or you came close to placing? Yeah, so I, I, I've played also in Scottish pipe band, bagpipe and drum bands for... Jeez. Well, since great, I was great in a Scottish yeah, dress. For, thank you. It's a great. You wear a skirt, drink skirt beer. It's fantastic. <laughs> um, yeah, I've done that for several years. Well, since 1983, so however long that is, or whatever 84. And yeah, we, so I play for the London District uh, Pipe Band, which is associated with the London um, Firefighters Association Pipe Band. And we nice. just we had our last Highland Games in Fergus this last a week this past Saturday. And I play bass, like the Energizer Bunny, the big drum oh, nice. there, right? Oh, that's got to be a good workout. Oh, yeah. It's, well, I, I replaced the guy that had a heart attack and just couldn't oh, do it anymore. Okay. So I know what I got to look forward but to. But he had a good life insurance yeah, policy. That's, yeah, yeah. And um, actually, my assistant from my office, Sherry, I kind of her husband's a piper in the band, and she's a tenor drummer. So the tenor drummer is the person that spins the sticks and okay. does some rudimental. Yeah. So our base, our band overall came in third, and we finished this, the season, the competitive season, third overall, which wasn't too bad. And... Um, our base section, which is uh, myself, Sherry, and another individual, Graham, we actually won first place on the weekend. So we finished the season with our section nice. as the champion there. So we've got that a couple times this summer. So that was a really nice high to kind of finish. And yeah, it's kind of a it's uh, it's an interesting hobby or whatever. To, but yeah, it's fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully, they can, I mean, it wasn't all in the. Uh... 35 degrees plus humidity weather. Yeah, it gets pretty hot wearing a I'd wool skirt. So. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. some high wool socks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm not musically inclined. I played uh, trumpet back in elementary school, and I probably couldn't couldn't pick it up and play a note to save my life. So. Well, my wife kind of thinks it, because all I do, she thinks, is just play the beat. Boom, boom, boom. So she thinks anybody can do it. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Anyone can do it, but dress up in a wool kilt and socks and walk, yeah, march, march, march around. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. love it. Um, a quote that's either quote or life advice that's because I feel like you know one always comes to mind for me. But what it's that one life advice or that one quote that you'd say you might live by more than others. Let me put you on that spot. What's your quote that always comes to mind? Okay, it's uh, so it's it's on my desktop and on my a couple of my phones as well. It's if it's not hard, it's not usually worth it. Essentially, it's essentially saying like anything that's easy in life is not generally worth it. It's yeah. not it's not meaningful, it's not worthwhile. It's called work and, for a reason. Well, that's just <laughs> it. And everybody always looks for that quick buck. Everybody looks for, you know, the the short game. Um I've always everything I do in my life is is playing it for the long game, enjoying the long ride, you know, really putting yeah. in putting in the time and effort and usually you'll come you'll come out a little further ahead. Yeah, good. That's yeah. a great one. Mine is um I've managed lots of people over the years, hundreds of people and I've all, and and I live by the don't get upset about things you can't control. Yes. Right. Shit happens. Right. Absolutely. And, and yeah, we, 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 most of us tend to be reactionary, but 
you know, you're going to get all red faced, you're going to get all worked up and you're going to go explode. And does that make you feel any better than you did learning whatever you learned that right. got you ticked off in that first place? So, you know, things happen. And if it's out of your control, just take a deep breath, think it through. And, you know, from there, try and make rational decisions and choices. But uh, yeah, don't get upset about things you can't control. Yeah, personal and uh, professional. Yeah, That's yeah. Uh, professionally for sure. I know we've got a lot of uh, a lot of agents and and just you know, I've I've mentored a handful of, of newer agents and it's the one thing that an experienced versus a new per, like a newer agent has a hard time really getting their hands around. It's you could only do so much and there's so many things exterior to what we do for our processes that we can control. And when those things happen, you know you got to do your best to solve it. 100%. But you can't get all ruffled up and and just you know super anxious and pissed off that the client forgot to mention something it's it's part of your job and your sense of urgency isn't the same as their sense of urgency right absolutely so in the moment the client you know whether they're putting in an offer now they need a mortgage well now your sense of urgency is you have an approval you need to follow up on job letters or this or that and you know it's like well you know you're ready to go they're not ready to go or they're ready to go you're not ready i mean usually as professionals we're always kind of ready to go but they think that sometimes in this immediate society that hey if i i just called you i just texted you why haven't you responded you know it's important right now kind of thing and so yeah everyone's sense of urgency isn't the same as your sense of urgency yeah no love it last question for you chris and we'll let you get back um it's beautiful day out today by the way um it's a question I, i think i like because we've had some some interesting answers so far it's skill set whether it be a skill set or um, a talent or something that you don't possess that you wish you you did, whether it was you know way out there or yeah. Well, as I said, as a longtime listener, so listening to all your other podcasts, I have heard this question and two people, and it's the last two. I couldn't carry a note if it was in my backpack. So yeah, I can beat a <laughs> drum, but you know, right from a young age, I always wanted to be a singer. I wanted to yeah, be somebody yeah. on stage, okay. kind of thing, and. Um, yeah. Now, my wife says I'm not handy, but this is not an interview about her and what she thinks of me. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I'm quite handy. But, of course. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, no, I, I really wish that I could be more of a performer kind of person that way to sing. I, I enjoy singing, and yeah, but I'm not the guy to take to karaoke even after a couple shots of tequila. It's not happening. Yeah, I'm right there with you. In fact, uh, my running dad joke is, you know, I, I just I just have the ability to hit notes that others can't hear. <laughs> so it's it's not that my singing is off. Is you know, you just don't have the ability to you know to hear music like I do. That's all. <laughs> um, yeah. So thanks again, Chris. Um, I'll link um, I'll link you on the page itself. Sure. And anybody that has any questions for myself and Chris, please uh, reach out. Joad as well. Again, he apologizes he can't be here, but we'll have him on obviously for the next upcoming series. Uh, don't hesitate to reach out. Like I said, you know, this podcast, it, we're really kind of taking it in different ways. It's not necessarily just about obviously supporting the local businesses. It's it's the key theme here, but a lot of it has to do with, get, you know, get to know your neighbors. Um, I'm sure, Chris, you've probably got a handful of neighbors that don't know a whole lot about you. I've got neighbors one or two doors down that might not a whole, know a whole lot For about sure. me, and especially with, uh, with, with COVID the last two years. It's been a great time to, to sit down, chat. Um, those that listen, get to know a few things and learn some stuff. So reach out. We'd love to have you on. And um, to the next. All right. Thanks for having me. Cheers.